just set small but attainable goals for yourself and adjust them accordingly. Be proud of your achievements, even if they're really small, be proud of them. And just remind yourself that illness does not define your abilities. And I can't stress that enough, Chrissy. It really doesn't. I've, you know, I've hit some pretty huge milestones, um, all the while being really sick. And uh, yeah, no, I will never let this illness define my abilities ever. Mm-mm. And I, I hope that uh, people in in the similar boats. Hello, Flare Up Show listeners. This is your host, Chrissy Cordingly. I'm so excited to have you on today. I have with me Felicia Renault, who is an HR professional out of um, Ottawa. And we met, actually, we used to work uh, not at the same company, but we were sort of connected because I was in the health and safety compliance world. She was in the HR world. So we had a bit of connection there. And she is just such a lovely person and so smart and wise. And when I was sharing with her, as we, you know, as we stay connected, she learned about my autoimmune disease, my Hashimoto's and the other chronic illnesses that I've experienced and, and healed through. And she disclosed that she has Hashimoto's as well. And I am always amazed at how sometimes people with chronic illnesses, especially ones that cause fatigue and anxiety, and you know, some of the symptoms can be really debilitating and scary, can be so successful and just accomplish so much. And she is an achiever and she's a a mom. She's a career focused professional. uh, She's a trusted uh, source uh, in the HR industry. She's someone that a lot of people look up to and uh, just a real trusted advisor. I I think she's incredible. So to know a little bit about the story and for her, this is her first time really sort of sharing this personal side. And so the talk is gonna be a little bit of a mix of her personal story and journey with Hashimoto's and how she has uh, been able to achieve milestones even through her symptoms. But also we're gonna talk about from the employer perspective about uh, accommodation and trusting your employees and learning how to listen to what your employees might need and sort of how to balance uh, that with what the employer needs and what the employee needs to function at their best. And it's just really, really great suggestions. So this is an excellent episode for both uh, people that have chronic illnesses, but also those that might be managing people in workplaces that could potentially be struggling with symptoms. Uh, It'll give you some uh, really great tips for how to listen, how to lead with a little bit of empathy, uh, and how to strike that balance so that your people can get what they need, but it can also perform Uh, the work that they need to do and reach their own goals and as well reach the company goals. So it's a really interesting take. I am looking forward to hearing any thoughts that you might have about this or if you have any ideas, HR tips or chronic illness tips on how you manage your symptoms uh, to still live a full, amazing life. Enjoy this episode with Felicia Renault. But first, a message from our affiliate. You've probably heard me talk about hypnobabies a couple times, and hypnobabies is known for being a childbirth hypnosis and education company that offers a variety of products to new moms, expecting moms, hope to be moms, and their loved ones, anyone involved in the birthing process. 
but now they also have some personal hypnosis uh, tracks available. So for stress and anxiety, to increase study habits, to increase confidence, to increase concentration. They even have one if you're afraid of getting needles and you need to go to the doctor. You can take these hypnosis tracks and use them in order to conquer some phobias and fears. I personally use the stress and anxiety hypnosis track on a daily basis at night before I go to bed and it is life-changing. Hypnobabies teaches medical grade somnibalistic hypnosis techniques. It's creating an automatically peaceful, relaxing, and more comfortable experience to meet your needs. Click the link in the show notes and there will, you will receive a code for a 20% off discount. And the show does receive a small proceed from your purchase uh, in order to keep on going. All right. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited today because I have a friend. I have a Canadian friend on today, uh, Felicia Renault, and I want to not do much of the talking. I want her to do most of the talking. So we're going to kick off with share a little bit about you. Introduce yourself. Tell us uh, where you live, what you're known for, what are your areas of expertise? Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Chrissy, for having me. Um, again, I'm Felicia Renault. I was born and raised in Ottawa, Ontario, and I still live here. Um, I'm currently the manager of HR and corporate compliance at Verica Biotech. Uh, some of my areas of expertise and interests would consist of managing organizational change, employee relations and training, learning development initiatives, advising on current labor and market trends, um, and advising on employment laws. Yeah, those are big, heavy topics, right? And that can be a bit of a stressful position, I imagine, at some times, but also very rewarding. Oh, my goodness, of course. <laughs> Especially in our ever-changing world now. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's how we met, because I come from the compliance world as well. That's so great. That's how we connected. So, yeah, I admire your professionalism, and you are definitely very well-versed in what needs to happen, and you're a great HR professional. Thank but you. You also have a personal life, which we're going to sort of talk about how the two sort of mesh together and collide a bit, uh, because similar to me as well, which we also have in common, is that you have an autoimmune disease. Can, can you share a little bit about what your particular condition is, what it is, and how it affects your life and your body? Absolutely. So um, I'll give a little bit of background and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's super relevant to, you know, where I'm at right now. So I'll, I'll start by sharing that. I was diagnosed roughly at the age of 12 with hyperthyroidism. So mm. hyperthyroidism is an overactive thyroid and it occurs when your thyroid gland produces too much of the hormone thyroxin. Um, hyperthyroidism can accelerate your body's metabolism and that causes unintentional weight loss and a rapid or irregular heartbeat. So I was taking medication for treatment. Um, and over the course of my youth, I did not realize how hyperthyroid was affecting me or the issues that could arise from not taking your medication every day. But hey, I was I was 12 <laughs> at the time. Um, and you know, of course, I, I did not take my medication consistently as I was directed. Um, so, <laughs> you know, um, when I look back, I, I, I do see signs and pictures of a swollen neck. And to me, that's an indication of my diagnosis. Um, but in my twenties, when I was pregnant with my first child, um, I started seeing a new family doctor. I had blood work done to check my thyroid levels. And once he got the results, I remember him telling me my numbers were the highest he'd ever seen. Um, he ended up referring me to an in-clinic endocrinologist. 
um, who got me to do some additional testing. And upon her receiving the results, I actually learned of my now hypothyroid and Hashimoto diagnosis, uh, which is, you know, our, the autoimmune disease. So my thyroid medication was increased immensely to support my pregnancy. And upon giving birth to my first child, I ended up getting very sick um, due to hypothyroidism and, and Hashimoto. And my thyroid levels were out of whack due to the hormone fluctuation, especially during and after pregnancy. And from that point on uh, until now, it's been really a constant battle of getting my levels optimal so that I can feel and live well. Um, you know, just some of the things I think you can relate to uh, with Hashimoto and, and that is uh, I suffer from mood changes, fluctuating weight, both gain and loss, mm -hmm. uh, loss of hair, facial and body inflammation and swelling, joint and muscle aches and pains, uh, feeling tired often, intolerance to heat and cold at times brain fog, anxiety, and unfortunately, the list can go on. Um, not every day is horrible, but, you know, some days are worse than others. I It's interesting because I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's after I gave birth, and it was interesting because I kept saying, like, I'm so tired, and doctors kept saying, well, you're a new mom. Of course you're tired. I'm like, no, right. I, can't, I can't be this tired. And you look, and like you said, you mentioned it, you saw pictures of your neck, like, yeah. I, like I couldn't like now I have a chin but for uh, there right. were so many pictures where it was like just like yeah like, exactly what, what is yep. going on here right and just but again just you're a new mom and just a lot of like eh. so I'm very dismissive you, it, it can be very tough because again it can be so mental right and sometimes the mental symptoms aren't really taken seriously or that's right hair loss right so I yeah, definitely. Like I've got the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do the same thing and it's, it's like that. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it can be so frustrating and you know, when you're not able to get that help, that's even more frustrating, right? You just feel like it's dismissed or like they just, they're not, you know, seeing what you see. Um, and that in itself is, is the frustrating aspect of it, autoimmune. It is. I have a doctor now who's amazing, who always says, you know, I, in her, I mean, she's been around a long time now. So now she's like, in my experience, I've learned that I can't relate to you because I don't feel what you feel and I'm trying really hard. So now I've learned to listen to my patients and really hear what they say that they're feeling and try right. to have, and try to put myself in those shoes. And I think that's amazing. I think we need doctors with a little more empathy yeah. because it may seem like, well, just, you know, like get a little more energy, run around, do eat better, <laughs> exercise more, like all the things that are like, I've heard it all. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like I went to nutrition school and proved that I was a nutrition expert just to get medical care at some point. Cause they're like, holy, yes. you do eat properly. Like, like how far do we have to go to justify that we know our bodies and know that something's wrong. Right. So exactly. Exactly. Did you have, were they, were they pretty quick at diagnosing your Hashimoto's or did it take a little bit of time? Did you have to, did you have some of that back and forth? No, you know what? I think it was pretty quick for me. Thankfully, yeah, good. Um, good. you know, I, I had that peace of mind where, you know, here's that diagnosis. This is what's happening to your body. This is what's happening to your neck. 
Um, now it's really just uh, a matter of finding um, a medication medication dosage that's going to work for you. But again, you know, when you're doing your own research on on the autoimmune disease, and unfortunately, I'm one of those Google people. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, I, I try to find as much as I can to self educate. But um, you know, medication is not it's not sufficient in treating Hashimoto's. There's going to have to be other things that are done to alleviate your symptoms. I mean, there's really no cure for Hashimoto's if I'm not there mistaken, not. right? So it's a yeah, lifetime. So it's, yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So a lot of self-education, I think really did help me to better understand um, what I could do and the things that I could change to make better choices and, and, um, you know, help to alleviate the symptoms that I was feeling. And, you know, back then, like, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, maybe I didn't fully understand that, but I think where I'm at right now, completely different. But what are some of the lifestyle changes or things that you've put into practice that help you manage those symptoms? Yeah. So I, you know, unfortunately chronic illness, it feels like it consumes every aspect of your life sometimes. <laughs> And you know, the reality is for, for a lot of people, it does, unfortunately, but I found, um, what works for me and it may not work for all. No. Nope. Um, I think step one would be to really, to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that takes a lot of practice. Um, and I, I would say that second would be to ensure that you have a really strong support system, even if it's just one person, you know, uh, lean on them when you need to, I lean on my husband the most. Um, he's seen me at my very worst and my very best. Um, and I also find that eating whole foods and, you know, it's cliche, but, you know, I can attest that it's true and it works, uh, getting at least 30 to 40 minutes of daily exercise really helps to clear the mind. It gives you a little bit more energy, gives you that boost that maybe you might need, mm -hmm. um, getting adequate rest, uh, learning of realistic and safe ways to manage your stress, um, yes. and indulging yes. in hobbies or interests that can change your mindset in a really positive way. Um, you know, one piece of advice is I, I understand sometimes being consistent can be really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you set small and attainable goals for yourself, and if you just adjust them accordingly, I think you're well on your way. Um, you know, remind yourself that illness does not define you or your abilities. No, it does not. And you're right. It's, I think sometimes we have an all or nothing approach, especially if we are achievers, like yes. uh, you are, and I am like, I'm just going to do it all perfectly starting right from day one. And, but no, no, no. How about just, uh, just this week, I just work on uh, trying to fall asleep and practicing sleep hygiene a little better at nighttime. Right. Or yes. how about this week? I just focus on drinking one more glass of water this week. Right. Or do meditating or whatever it is. Right. Just one right. small thing. And over time it builds habits. It took me, so my Hashimoto's, I'm on the very lowest dose of the thyroid medication, basically in remission. And oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, and that took five years of constant developing habits and right. really working at stress management and listening to my body, which I think is of what course. you've done. And it's yes. really important to remember that um, it's okay if something feels good keep doing it. And if something's not feeling good, don't force it. Right. So I think yeah, you said really, it well, really smart. No, awesome. you definitely said it really well. So I want to know because some of us, 
you know, are out there in the work world and people don't even realize, right. Sort of this invisible battle that happens because yeah. we don't look sick. And often people are like, wow, you're so healthy. Your skin glows. You Like, they're just like, you're so, because I think we almost put more effort into like making sure we look, you know, <laughs> healthy, right. Like we got to make sure. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> I'm rocking it and inside. I'm like, I'm not rocking it. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but oh, you, gosh. you are a very successful HR professional and a bundle of energy and a bundle of positivity, but you live with this illness. And right. those of us with chronic illness need to sort of balance the needs of our body, but also again, create that purposeful and fulfilling life. So how do you, yeah. do that? how do you balance that? Ah, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it takes a combination of things, of course. Um, but you know, I, I think to be qu quite honest with you, um, I think just, you know, if I'm really not feeling well, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> and mm. I just, I need to give myself some time if I need to book a day, um, so that I can, you know, just recover, I'm going to do that. And I think that, you know, it really helps if you have um, a workforce or, you know, even a boss or, um, you know, coworkers who understand your limitations in some sense. If you're, you know, if you have a transparent relationship with them, mm -hmm. um, if you have a trustful relationship with them, um, I think that that really moves mountains for you. It, it makes things more comfortable. Um, you know, I, I also think that having that positive work culture, it, it really does help uh, significantly. Um, you know, if, if there is an accommodation in a sense, and I'm not saying that all individuals that, you know, suffer from mental illness or, um, physical illness, uh, want to be accommodated to, because they don't want to share that private information. Some people are very hesitant mm -hmm. to share that information and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I really do think that if, if your workplace or your boss is able to accommodate, it just makes things so much easier. It really does. Um, and I, I can definitely say that, you know, I work in an amazing organization, um, you know, that's well-educated and um, about, you know, mental uh, health and, you know, the awareness is out there. And, you know, we, we have um, so many def different initiatives um, or programs in place to support, um, you know, mental health awareness. Um, so, you know, it, it makes my life a little bit easier and it also feels comfortable, Mm -hmm. um, I have something I can fall back on, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The positive work environment really makes a difference. And if you're fortunate enough and able to find a workplace that really you are a good fit in, and as an HR professional, you're in a special place where you get to actually input right into some of that culture, which is really, really cool. Absolutely. Are you are you seeing, so as an HR professional, are you starting to see when you talk about the stigma of chronic illness, you know, we used to be like, oh, that person's always complaining about their back, <laughs> like, like right. that, you know, that stigma against chronic illness, are employees becoming more likely to share their needs for, to ask for accommodation? Um, or is there still really that hesitancy? Are, are they afraid that they're going to appear weak or incapable and our employers becoming more forthright in in helping employees, you know, disclose and ask for what they need. Are you right. seeing a shift in the world? Yeah. So in the past and now, I think I've seen both sides really clear. Um, I think that there's so much that it's dependent on. 
Uh, I feel that there will always be some hesitancy from an employee standpoint when it comes to sharing, you know, that sensitive information about uh, whether it be their physical or mental health. Um, and I don't think that the barriers and stigma is completely gone, unfortunately, but you know, I think it will be an ongoing battle, but on the positive side, I I see more and more employers recognizing uh, and acting on ensuring the ability to accommodate employees in that nature, which is pretty hopeful. Um, I do find that awareness and education in and out of the workforce really, really does matter tremendously. Where can people get some of that education? You know what, I I can say that if the organization offers, um, you know, uh, like an EFAP, mm-hmm. um, it can connect with individuals that can actually provide incredible resources. Mm-hmm. And I do understand that not all organizations offer EFAPs. And, you know, that's totally fine. But if you go on your local uh, city website, there is actually... Um, certain areas that can provide you with, you know, links or phone numbers. Um, And I I think that those resources are wonderful. And we've actually used them in the past. Mm -hmm. I've actually dished out some of those phone numbers and provided Mm -hmm. them to employees who have asked. Um, So I can say that those that's a really great start for sure. That's perfect. And it's not even just like when we are in struggle or in crisis, but how can companies start to become more inclusive and realize that, you know, and realize that a diverse workforce also may mean diverse work habits and styles. So for instance, some people can keep a steady pace of, you know, just kind of the slow and steadies. They can do the eight hours straight over the day. Others like myself, I need breaks. So I work in bursts and sprints. So I do a lot and then I take a break. I do a lot. The end of the result of the day is still, we still attained the same goal and purpose. The same amount of work was done. The same quality is there, but it would look very different to a manager if they're watching both of those employees. Um, So, but they actually benefit from allowing people to work in the manner that suits their individuality best, right? So how can companies start to realize that there's benefits to allowing people to choose their individual work styles and really become that diverse workforce that just sort of naturally accommodates the needs of people that might have conditions, you know, without even them having to disclose really. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that employers need to recognize and assess what works best for their organization. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, it starts there and they can get a head start by having conversations with their staff on those topics. Um, Ask in your annual employee engagement surveys, uh, conduct pulse surveys, get conversations going. But when you ask from an employer standpoint and you receive make sure that you act on the information once you have made a proper assessment of your options. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I find that this is where HR can actually come in and really put uh, the pieces together and and really throw in that perspective, um, especially from an education and awareness standpoint. Um, But, you know, to also be an advocate where needed and uh, help inspire positive change in work habits and styles. Absolutely. I I know that um, in past, and I think there is still a skepticism, but sometimes I think when employees ask for accommodations or they they sort of express their needs, sometimes there's uh, some employers, not all, still sort of have that skepticism that the employee is trying to pull the wool over their eyes or gain some sort of leverage. 
but really the opposite is true. I've, I, I, I don't know how you feel. I found in my experience managing people that if you actually accommodate and give people what they need, they actually tend to be more productive and a greater asset to the organization. Don't you find? Yeah, I do find. And, you know, it's totally relatable in that sense. I think that, you know, if you actually dig a little bit deeper and you, you listen and you, you know, have that, that empathetic, uh, you know, look uh, over, you know, what's being requested and you try to be a little bit reasonable, mm-hmm. <laughs> realizing, you know, that, you know, people do suffer from things, um, perhaps, and you just, you know, take a chance and just go ahead and accommodate, uh, you will find that some people do perform a lot better. And, you know, it, it may not always be the case, but I think that, you know, you're leading by example. You're you're setting a really positive example uh, that you're willing to, you know, put people's needs, um, you know, first. And yes. it, it should be like that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Within reason, within reason, Chrissy. Yeah. <laughs> For I know sure. some leaders are going to be like, what is she talking about? <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, the objectives of the work still need to be done. There's no question about that, right? Like it's Absolutely. an exchange. But I think when the employee management relationship is an exchange, like, yes, I pay you money and benefits to provide. And then you provide me your talents and that kind of thing. When it becomes sort That's of right. that mutual exchange of respect for each other, uh, and the boundaries are clear and the expectations are clear. Yes. Uh, and But then there's that vulnerability trust built in. That's really when the magic happens and you create a really cool workforce, I think. Oh, absolutely. And it, it comes back to um, why hire people if you're not going to trust them? Mm-hmm. You know, and I see a lot of topics out there with that. Like, why are you hiring people if you really don't <laughs> trust them to get the work done? <laughs> What are you thinking? You know, like you're spending all this money and this time and energy, but realistically, like you've got to trust your employees to some degree, you know, you've got to build those relationships where you, you feel you can trust them and you understand that, you know, they are perfectly capable of living up to the expectations, but some individuals that are suffering, um, they tend to suffer in silence. And if somebody is reaching out to you and you're a leader, you know, it's, it's worth a listen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're all people. And I think that's, that's what really needs it. We're bringing the human back to human yes. resources, right? So my goodness. Perfect. So um, what is next for you? What goals are you chasing? And where can people follow you for your amazing positivity? Woohoo. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually working uh, toward getting my designation through the HRPA of Canada. Um, it's always been a long-term goal of mine that felt really out of reach. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think there was just so much going on in my life. But, um, you know, now it's becoming more apparent that it's actually within my reach. So I'm I'm just going to grab it. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Well, congratulations. I would be so excited to celebrate with you when that happens. Because I think you're amazing. You've always been a really great source of information. You're a great collaborator. You're a great communicator. So it's been, yeah. And And likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm actually going to share. So another goal of mine, just to kind of sum Mm -hmm. this all up and keep it a little relevant to our topic, but you know, another goal of mine is just to keep working consistently to feel better. And, um, 
you know, it always, for me, it takes a combination of things, but it's something I'm not going to give up on. Um, it's been a really huge learning experience for me over the last 10 years, but um, a lot of positivity has come from it. And I just realized how strong and resilient I really am. Um, and I do have my family and friends to thank for supporting me through that entire journey. And, you know, it's a journey that's still happening, but uh, I also have some pretty amazing colleagues and um, they have become a really positive influence in my life. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not big on posting Christy, but I do welcome people to follow me on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I'm always seeking new connections within HR and outside of HR. So, mm -hmm. you know, but you do bring up, you do share, <laughs> you do share a lot of positive posts. I find anyways. Thank you. and um, as far as taking care of yourself, is there something yes. that you're looking forward to doing in the near future? Or do you have something specific that you want to do towards your health? Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that, um, I can find the right dosage of medicine that works mm -hmm. for my body. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, this comes back to me saying that it's a combination of things I find that works for me to feel well and to live well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, I've been, uh, actually incorporating a lot of exercise mm -hmm. into my daily routines. And I've been doing this for about, you know, five or six, seven months now. And my goodness, Chrissy, has it ever made a difference in my overall well-being? but, you know, especially my mental clarity. Um, and I do hope that that can inspire some individuals to, you know, incorporate that into their lifestyle as well. Even if it's 30 to 40 minutes, you know, what is that? Like, you know, just, just go for a nice, lovely walk outside if you can on your break. And, uh, it, it really does change things. It really does. What, um, can you share a little bit about what your exercise routine is, where, where it started yeah. and kind of what you're up to now? Absolutely. So it really did start with taking daily walks. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately working remotely, <laughs> we're guilty sometimes <laughs> of, you know, Just... not taking our breaks and getting in that self-care, but I've made it, um, habit to ensure that I do go for a walk for at least 30 minutes. Um, and now that's kind of, that's evolved. So within the last couple of months, it's really evolved into, you know, some core exercises, doing oh, sit-ups, nice. um, you know, doing jumping jacks, uh, even if it's like, you know, 50 jumping jacks, uh, really just like challenging myself. Um, I've also been, you know, running on the treadmill for 25, 30 minutes at a time, if I can, um, lifting weights, I find that, you know, um, lifting weights has really, really helped me with my, my shoulder fatigue and mm -hmm. you know, my, my joint pain in my arms. It's really loosened things up and I feel amazing when I do it. So I've been, you know, allowing my routine to happen, mm -hmm. <laughs> not making excuses. And I've just been doing it. And, uh, my goodness, it's, it's really changed me for the better. Good for you. Good for Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's really great. Yeah. And when do you find, do you exercise at the same time every day or do you, do yeah, you switch I, it up depending how you feel? Oh, that's exactly it. Like I, I pretty much switch it up for the most part. I like to do um, some of my walking uh, during my lunch break. If it's really sunny outside or even if it's a little bit brisk, mm -hmm. I'll still do it. Um, you know, there's so much to see when you go out. There's tons of people walking. So I'm assuming they're in similar <laughs> positions as me working remotely. Mm -hmm. And they're just, uh, you know, getting in that sunshine if they can. Um, so, you know, I, I do a combination. Sometimes I do it in the morning or sometimes I do it in the afternoon, like around my lunch break. Okay, perfect. That yeah, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I find before I was sick, 
uh, I was one of those early morning, like get up at five and race to the gym. And with thyroidism, that is just not realistic, right? (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, there's no more five o'clock club going on here. That's for sure. So, (laughs) but now the 5 p.m. club is actually pretty easy to do. I find it's actually kind of nice after especially after work or stress, I find sometimes leaning into the anxiety with getting the heart moving actually helps anxiety, which you think would be the opposite, but it really helps. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Good. Are there any last thoughts you would like to leave the audience with? Um, no, not really. I mean, you know, I think I covered everything. Um, you know, the one thing that I had mentioned earlier on was, you know, just set small but attainable goals for yourself and adjust them accordingly. Be proud of your achievements, even if they're really small, be proud of them. And just remind yourself that illness does not define your abilities. And I can't stress that enough, Chrissy. It really doesn't. I've, you know, I've hit some pretty huge milestones, um, all the while being really sick. And uh, yeah, no, I will never let this illness define my abilities ever. And I, I hope that uh, people in in the similar boats, I hope that they don't allow it to. I love that. That's right. You are not your disease. It is just, no. it is just a piece of your journey. It's just part of yes. your story. So thank Absolutely. you so much for sharing yes. your story with us. It's been a pleasure thank having you. you on. It's been a pleasure being on uh, your show. I love it. I'm so inspired and I feel so empowered. So mm-hmm. thank you for giving me this platform. You're doing something quite amazing. Thank you. Thank you again, Felicia. I really like the ending there. You are not your illness. And that is amazing to remember because sometimes we can feel like we're damaged or broken and we're not, we're not. We just have, everybody has stuff. And if you have a chronic illness, that is your stuff. But there are ways that you can Uh, make the most out of it and sometimes that is really hard and it's a big struggle and some days are going to be better than others but just know that you're not alone and whatever your goals are big small in between it doesn't matter they're yours they just have to be you and what it is that you want and if you need help reaching your goals that's what I'm here for as a coach. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can email me at christiagirlswithflair.com. You can book a free call with me. That's always free to speak with me uh, the first time and we can do a half an hour uh, discovery session. It's what it's called where I learn a little bit about you. Uh, sometimes I give you a little tips right there if necessary. And, uh, and then you can decide if you want to work with me or not. And it's no pressure. It really is just just information uh, so don't hesitate to reach out and ask also don't forget to check out the link for hypno babies in the show notes so if you are trying to get pregnant if you are pregnant if you have a baby if you have a toddler there are hypnosis tracks for you and hypnosis is a completely natural state of mind we are in hypnosis several times a day naturally if your mind wanders off even as you listen to me talk right now you are in a state of hypnosis and it's just a way of tapping into the subconscious and i personally use the anxiety track uh every day and i love it it has helped me so much even with um my increased anxiety as a side effect of my long covid 
uh, it has been such a blessing in my life and uh, I just cannot, cannot endorse their products enough. Uh, they have, if you have no children or no interest in kids, they have lots of personal hypnosis tracks as well for stress, anxiety, focus, study habits, or even if you're scared of needles and you want to go get a vaccination, they have a hypnosis track to help you prepare for that. So it's pretty cool. But I'll leave the link uh, in the show notes. So please go check it out. And if you do purchase any of the products, please do so through my link because it does help keep this show running. I make a very small percentage, um, but you will definitely get your money's worth. And next week, I'm going to have Sanjeev Nandi on with me, who created a meditation, uh, sorry, a wellness app called Luvo. And Luvo will walk you through how to heal all of your chakras and energy centers. And it is actually a really great app. It has, uh, right now it takes your heart rate through the camera, but he is working on updating it so it will connect with smartwatches. There are all sorts of different meditation tracks, breathing exercises, journal opportunities. You can track your sleep. You can do all sorts of things, but it walks you through a step-by-step process. Um, so you take a quiz when you first sign up for the app and it's all totally free and it tells you where you might be facing blockages. So if you have a really strong foundation, it may say, you know what, your root chakra is good, but we're going to start with the sacral chakra. Um, for me, I was, because I was coming right out of (laughs) COVID, I'm, I'm right at the bottom. I'm going through the root chakra right now and just building that foundation of security and belonging and uh for myself again and uh it's it's been phenomenal i really really love this app and i'm excited about uh what he has to share because he was actually a pharmacist and he was successful but he wasn't happy and he just thought there had to be more to life than this and he went on a journey of self-discovery and then he wrote a book about it called the man with zero talent uh, because he never felt like he was special. He never felt like he had something to offer the world. And he went on a journey to discover and Luva was part of that experience of what he learned about how great he is, how great we all are, and how we can all use our gifts to help the world be a better place. So looking forward to that. Stay tuned. That will be published. I publish every Thursday morning at 7am, just in time for you to download for the weekend. (laughs) and uh and of course please subscribe if you haven't already and please head to my website girlwithaflair.com uh if you'd like to check out anything about my services my other show podcasts um my blog or any other information about me i put also some holiday resources in there for stress management uh recently so that's on the resources page have a great day